before we get into our next episode of A Hoops Journey with Mr. PT, just want to sit down and talk with our listeners and say what you can do to help support A Hoops Journey. Um, don't forget to please like, subscribe, follow, um, comment on any platform that you're able to, obviously with a good comment. If you have a bad one, send me a DM instead and uh, continue to support our podcast. Uh, we do this for nothing and uh, we kind of want to help it grow and, and get even bigger. So anything that you can do to help support us with our sponsors, um, supporting them in any way, and uh, just keep listening and sharing and following. This was a great episode. Um, a young man, because he's younger than me, uh, who's got a good story about having a, a rough start in life, maybe um, kind of some made some poor choices as a young person, but was able to have their life turned around um, and impacted by some people who took a chance, not even really knowing them. And then it just grew and went from there. Some great takeaways. Um, if you're having a Parkside listening to this episode, take a drink every time we say leadership or relationships. I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing that. I hope you're not though, because it is vital. And uh, just a fantastic episode um, as PT and his uh, staff are about to head off and uh, take our U19 team and hopefully uh, reach the goal, which is what he talked about as well. Enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Hoops Journey. Really excited to sit down with a, a gentleman who's grinded through the game um, as a former player and a coach, um, and really someone who the thing I love is that we nailed the name of our show, Hoops Journey, because this gentleman has a real hoops journey. Um, as he sits in front of me, we were talking offline here about um, him getting himself together before he moves on with the U19 national team. Congratulations to him for uh, being appointed the head coach um, with that. And, uh, you know, coaching is a sickness, I think, for a lot of people. <laughs> He's got <laughs> enough to do with his own university team, uh, McMaster, and decides to take on the uh, national team. But I know that's... Uh, an honor and a privilege and something that we'll get into. We are super thrilled to have none other than Mr. Patrick Tatham with us today. And I think I just butchered it, but yo, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> All good, Aaron. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I appreciate you having me on. This is a uh, pretty cool. Um, anytime I could tell my story, I, I'll take the uh, chance of telling it because I think it might help somebody else who's starting out. Like I started out. Um, it's, it's usually a long road and it, it doesn't, uh, it seems like it can get dark at times, but you just got to stay with it. And before you know it, uh, some of your uh, roots will start to uh, to bear. Uh, I guess some of that labor will bear some fruit, if you will. Got it. Look at this guy's poetic already. Monday morning, <laughs> 821 Pacific time, and he's already spitting bars on us. I love it. Um, and congratulations, man. U19 junior national team. Before we talk about you as a young person, congratulations. Have you had time to reflect on that? Or are you just like, looking forward to getting it going or somewhere in between? Uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting going. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. It's uh, it's definitely big shoes to fill. I think um, I've been very fortunate to be a manager with our junior national team and an assistant with our junior national team in, in two different occasions. So uh, getting a chance or an opportunity to kind of lead uh, the U19 group at the helm of it all is, uh, is pretty unique. And uh, it's definitely one for the books for me. And um, hopefully one day down in the future, my son can look back and be like, whoa, my dad coached the junior national team, but that's either here or there right now. Yeah. He's just, uh, probably worried about Pokemon and, you know, <laughs> giving him attention these days, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is cool though, man. And I think the dope thing as a, as a former player and, you know, high school coach, seeing the growth of our program in Canada you know, before, and no disrespect to anybody, but U19 before it was like, it was cool. But now like we're a global basketball world. Like we're on the world stage. Like our young, our young killers are unreal. Right. So you're not like, you're stepping in with some dudes. It's not like you've got a whole bunch of guys, you know, you're a U sport coach yourself, but some of these guys are, you're talking about future pros, right? So it's a, uh, it's an elevated position from what it used to be for sure. So it's no, uh, they're not, they're not hiring just uh, anyone these days. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely a an honor to be able to do it. And uh, 
It's funny because I, I actually played on our junior national team way back when, <laughs> um, when I was a when I was junior eligible, and uh, we were not very good at all. But it was pretty cool to see that, like you know, you went to Venezuela and a few Americas, and you're playing against like uh, Carmelo Anthony and Chris Bosh and and um, and Duran, there in Williams, like that. It was an unbelievable experience. So like to see it way back when I was a player on the team to now actually coaching it and to see what we do now versus what the coaches were doing back then. It's, I mean, you, the standards are really high. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Good. And, and I mean, and as a, as a competitor, you got to love it, right? A good challenge for you. So I'm sure you're excited about it. Yeah, man. So, well, let's get into it, man. From the streets of Brampton all the way, you know, worldwide overseas, <laughs> you know, down South playing hoops, real, real journey. Um, yeah. Tell us about yourself as a young fella and, and what life was like growing up for you. And, um, and, uh, and we'll go from there, man. Yeah, no, um, it's, uh, it's kind of cool to see my journey. I haven't really kind of sat down to really take it all in, but it's been, um, it's ever evolving, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, my parents, both my parents are kind of, they've immigrated to Canada from Jamaica. Uh, they both met here in Canada um, essentially on, uh, this is recording, but in any case on illegal, uh, uh, visa statuses, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, my parents have kind of like, you know, worked literally from the bottom up. And, um, one of the things that I do, uh, I'm very grateful for is the fact that they've kind of taught myself and my two sisters, um, the, the essence of working hard, right. Just kind of being like persevering and kind of trucking through, even if you can't really see what's happening down the line. Um, uh, they raised us up in Toronto for a little bit and then finally moved us over to Scarborough, um, Malvern to be exact, where we, where we went to, I think elementary school at Tom Longboat. We went to high school at Lester B. Parison. Um, and then we moved out to, uh, Brampton in 2000, 99, 2000, give or take around that time, um, which was pretty cool. It was not bad. I mean, it probably was needed because at the time in my, uh, seventh grade, I got into some pretty heavy trouble, uh, with the law, um, kind of just doing some random stuff with friends, breaking in, doing all types of weird stuff. So, uh, just typical things you do as a, I guess, over 13 year old in like a underprivileged neighborhood. Yeah. Um, uh, but that kind of really kind of opened up my eyes and it, it kind of really saved me to be honest, it's a blessing in disguise because if I didn't get into trouble, I probably would have never met a, um, an organized, uh, sporting team that I was doing community service hours for in Scarborough. So that, that actually opened the door for me to actually join a travel club, travel club team in the Scarborough hurricanes. Uh, and my mom and dad were like, yeah, you're doing this because we don't want you getting into any more trouble, which was good. Um, and that propelled me to where I am today. Like it literally just kind of, you know, just here, we're traveling this weekend. Boom. We're traveling this weekend. Oh, we're going to go to the States here. So, um, once I did that, my two sisters kind of joined a year and, and two years later. And, uh, I think you can say the rest is history. Um, but I moved, we moved out to Brampton, uh, enrolled at Chinkuzi secondary where we played, um, high school ball at Chinkuzi. Um, and while I was doing Chinkuzi, I was doing some small, like on Saturday training sessions with, uh, actually, uh, Tony Sims, Anthony Sims. He's actually a former national team member, um, for Canada, uh, played against Michael Jordan back in the 1987 or 89, I think, um, uh, games in, I want to say in Indianapolis, but I could be way off or could be California. But in any case, uh, I was very fortunate to be able to kind of, you know, be uh, coached by him because he was a, he was a guy that was drafted to the New York Knicks once upon a time. And uh, he taught me a lot about the game and, and obviously learned through some of my grassroots programs, but uh, yeah, Brampton was good for me and ended up making a, my way on to uh, a scholarship to uh, Cleveland state university, which was really neat. I did four years there um graduated one of the first in my family to do it along with my sister um uh and that kind of brought like you know joy to my heart and also to my parents because nobody in our family had actually graduated from university so that was really neat and then essentially went over and played overseas for a few years um and here i am now coaching giving back to the game where i can and uh i don't think i'll do anything else (laughs) 
And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to Hoop's Journey. Uh, seven minutes and we're done. <laughs> My man. Oh, man. Isn't life a trip? You literally just said, if I didn't get in trouble with the law, <laughs> you know, it's I wouldn't great. be where I am today. Like it's, I, I mean, and, and nothing to laugh about, you know, get in trouble with the law. But when you think about the young people that you're working with, trying to teach them to just be, be vulnerable and try things and, and screw up, make mistakes, right? Not yeah. necessarily with the police, but just make mistakes and learn and grow, right? And um, it's crazy. So talk about that. So when does the transition happen from doing hours and what were you doing? Like, were you playing ball with this community thing or were you like cleaning the gym and scorekeeping? And then when did you, when did you just start pick up the ball and be like, I'm going to actually play as well? Like, this is a crazy story. We got to go back here, man. This is unreal. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty crazy story to be honest with you. Um, so much so that the Toronto star did like an article on it for some reason. In any case, what do you mean uh, for some reason? Come on now. You can't, you can't flex the article and then say for some reason. No, it's only they did it because they knew they would, they did it because they knew people were reading the story, man. Come on now. You can talk over me all you want. Okay. You know, it's, it's, I know it's early in the morning, but I, I'm ready. Yes. So um, to say the least, uh, like uh, I was actually doing my community service hours at this uh, community center, Malvern Community Center or the Malvern Recreational Community Center. And um, it was just like basketball, but I wasn't really there to play. I was there to like sit, collect tickets, stamp hands, make sure guys were going to the gym or kids were going to the gym. And my hours were just like, you know, sit there, make sure that everything's running well. There's obviously some uh, supervisors there. Um, so I did that for 120 hours, or I think it was 150, 120 to 150 hours. Um, is so long ago, but um, did that. But every time I would finish, after every time I finished, I would usually just go on and mess around on the court. And been uh, unbeknownst to me myself, like I didn't know that there was actually a club team there. Actually, like I didn't know at the time. I was just kind of like a, a just street kid. I, so yeah. I just kind of shot around, and I was fairly tall. And the coach was like you're actually pretty good, man. Come over here and play with us for one time. So I played a little bit, like just 10 minutes. And he's like, you should come out to our team and just kind of work out and, you know, try out. Went to the team and I mean, I made the team and community service hours were done. And my mom and dad were like, okay, well, we're going to put you into something. So this is what you're going to do. I was doing swimming at the time. So um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was it. That kind of got me going. And um, the article is funny because the article really, uh, once we start to grow a little bit more in basketball, myself and my sisters in Brampton, um, uh, people didn't really see like a, a household of three siblings playing basketball and all getting recruited at the same time. So uh, <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty unique, if you will. And uh, they came in to do an article and I kind of slipped up and said, oh, like, you know, how did it all start? I, well, I got into trouble and then that led me to do community service hours. And then, so as you know, like that's essentially what happened. And before you know it, the article's published and it's like, what, Pat, you got into trouble? I'm like, oh no. <laughs> but I think, I think the good, like the good in that, um, I mean, one thing that's sticking in my mind is it's so the world is so weird, man. Like you, there, there's a thousand things they could have placed you in. Yeah. Or you, you know what I mean? Like you could have been picking up garbage on the highway. You could have that's been really volunteering right. in an old folks home. Like you, they, that puts you in a basketball environment, which is crazy. Like, I, I just find that super interesting. And, um, but I think too, like knowing your story and being able to share that just makes you more authentic to who you are. People know who you are and you're not fronting and you're not, you know, and I'm sure you're the same with your athletes, right? Like you're not going to try to put on a persona because you're a U sport head coach. You still have a story and have a past. And I think mm -hmm. that just makes you more authentic. So that's super cool, man. Um, yeah. Who's the best in the family though? Oh my gosh. I, well, I mean, I'm not even close to either one of my sisters, man. I'm, I might be the tallest or the biggest, okay. uh, but Tamara has been the longest standing player for the family and Alicia was super skilled. So uh, I'd like to say that they both kind of, you know, started the foundation with me and then the two of them reaped all the uh, benefits. So uh, Tamara, Alicia, wow. then Patrick. <laughs> wow. Look, that was poetic, man. Well done. You danced around that so well. <laughs> You came away clean. There's no way they're going to be mad at you for that answer. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about it. So let's talk about those high school years playing high school ball. When did you start to, you know, see yourself as someone who was going to maybe move on at the post-secondary level? And what were those years like? How were the teams? And and um, what was it about hoop 
that you loved? I mean, was it from those days when that coach pulled you over and said, come play and you were just locked in? I mean, mostly because mom and dad were like, you're not doing anything else, but yeah. <laughs> talk a little bit about those years and how you end up making the decision to go down south. What can we say about the people at Parkside, especially our guy, Sam Payne, a huge supporter of basketball in our community. The gentleman does many things behind the scenes that people don't know about. And one of those is supporting our podcast from literally day one. Sam reached out to us and said, hey, I like what you're doing. How do we get involved? And what you can do is find them at any local government store or come down to the brewery, sit on the patio, sit in the back, listen to the music, come for music trivia night, whatever it is. The wide variety of beer that they offer is second to none. And Port Moody in the Brewer's Row is a great place to be. We are so appreciative of Parkside Brewery, we can't even say it in enough words. Head down, we hope to see you Parkside. And if you can't, find a way to support because they do a lot for us. Cheers. Yeah, those days were, uh, they were fun. They were nice, you know, it just, uh, uh, I really enjoyed going out into the uh, into the playground and playing hoops. Um, I loved every sport growing up. I did mm-hmm. soccer. I did baseball. I did football here and there. I did it all. Like anything you can think of. I had a bike. Um, so for me, I just enjoyed playing sport. And I think that came from really my dad. Uh, my dad watched a ton of sports. So if it wasn't hockey, it was baseball. If it wasn't baseball, it was football. If it wasn't football... It was basketball, like anything he can watch. We just had to watch in the house. And there's two TVs. So like either you're watching on the main TV upstairs, or you're watching on the TV downstairs in the basement. Um, so I, I always knew I had sport somewhere in the house. And uh, uh, so I just did sport all my life. And uh, yeah. before you know it, um, uh, uh, to be honest with you, when my dad used to come home from work, he'd get home and there'd be games. And I was like, how come there were games during the week? At like four or five o'clock, but I didn't know at the time that those were like uh, the NBA on ABC playoff mm-hmm. games. It was, those were like the East Conference Finals or whatever. Um, and those games are usually played like the the, the later it gets, you, you see some of those games on at like four o'clock or five o'clock on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. I was like, mm-hmm. what is this? I usually only see games on at night or on the weekend. So. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, those were the great times because I got to watch Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, John Starks, uh, Reggie Miller, um, yeah. uh, the bad boys. Like those are the days that kind of really made me really love and enjoy basketball. And I think that at that time, I just really said, you know what? I was like 96, 97. I'm like, I'm all in for basketball. So nice. um, I haven't since I got to the ninth grade, I never did anything else. I only did volleyball basketball and never looked back at basketball anything else other than basketball after the uh ninth grade yeah it's dope to see the knicks back and the hype man hey yeah it's uh, amazing the garden just going crazy again and oh. then the post game with all the they're all fans out front like just going crazy it's cool there's nothing like it man when yeah, the knicks so are when the knicks are involved like it's it makes it makes basketball better i think it sure does 100 percent. yeah and you got rj out there too which is super dope right um <laughs> it's unreal um yeah so okay you're in high school and you're loving hoop talk about the success how the attention the recruiting process how do you end up choosing cleveland state of all places like how how and why um and talk oh, to us man. about that yeah yeah this is a journey in itself yeah, he's so, <laughs> big gray he's like it's smiling already <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was um uh i uh i got the opportunity to actually go down to five-star camp back in the day they used to have five-star camp in PA and uh this was literally by chance I was like I I don't know what happened my dad was taking me down to like Regent Park and I met a couple coaches and one of the coaches was uh Simeon Mars who had ended up sending uh Jamal McGlure down to Kentucky and um so that kind of got me involved with some guys in Regent Park and they're like you you should go to five-star camp so we went to five-star camp I did a great um, and I'm still still super raw. And that kind of led me to get to our junior national team. So our junior national team was like, oh, you're making the team. So I made the team for junior national. So everything's happening so quickly. And before you know it, I haven't, I've never been on like an AAU tournament ever at this point. Wow. And now I started to play for uh, Grassroots and Ro Russell and um, Wayne Dawkins together. Uh, they split. We went to a couple of tournaments. We went to Indiana. 
uh, Philly, and then they split. So then they create two uh, timeout. Okay, this is random. Wayne Dawkins, I'm just going to, is that, do you know by chance, is, is that Jason Dawkins' dad? Do you know Jason no, Dawkins? Okay. No, no. Do you know I Jason think Dawkins? Cousins. I think they're lost, long cousins. Yes. I know Jason Dawkins. They're cousins. He was in, he was in Brandon when I was there. I just saw you. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. In yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually worked together on the, uh, on the cadet national team together a couple summers Love ago. Love that guy. Love that yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's say what's up. Brown. Whenever you bump into that guy next, say what's up for me. Yeah. Sorry. Absolutely. Okay. We'll do. We'll do. That was a mini timeout. All right. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. Um, so, yeah, once I got into AU, they uh, both uh, coaches split. So they create their own two programs, phase one and grassroots. And that was about grade. I think it was the 12th grade. And I still hadn't been getting recruited like that. Like I had letters, but nothing like, hey, like we want you. So um, mm. I went with phase one. We went to a couple uh tournaments and before you know it, I had a whole bunch of schools recruiting uh, myself, like uh, St. Bonaventure, Winthorpe, uh, Richmond, everywhere you can think of in the East coast and maybe in the Midwest. And then uh, uh, what happened was Wayne Dawkins actually put on like a, just like a random showcase one day at West Hill. So I took the bus all the way from Brampton, took the bus down to Kipling, took the subway station all the way across to Scarborough, took another bus to get to West Hill, took me like two and a half hours and we get to the workout, myself and one of my friends. And uh, we I did a great job. The coach there was at uh, Michigan State at the time, Mike Garland. He was my head coach, actually said, uh, I really want you, but we don't have a scholarship available for you. So um uh, I'll pass your name on to some other team. So like Bowling Green reached out right away and a couple other schools reached out. Um, I actually ended up signing with St. Bonaventure. said, okay. all right, this is the one I want to go to. It's close to home. It's nice. Uh, they had a scandal. Uh, they had an illegal player. So they were banned from the post-season uh, post play for the next four years. So I decommitted. And ended up uh, going on to Central Michigan, uh, Cleveland State, Richmond, and ended up committing to uh, Cleveland State, which was a fun, fun four years. And uh, I don't know, it was it was a what blessing. was it about? What was it about Cleveland State? I mean, I don't know. It was, I mean, because like, I mean, when you're na- like to 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 the outside person, you're hearing some of those names and people, you know, you're placing where yeah. you think those programs are, right? But yeah. we all make decisions, and why why Cleveland State? I think the the league was really good in the sense that like it's the horizon league. So you're not too high. You're not too low. You're just right. So a good mid-major um, sure. coach had just came over from Cleveland state. I mean, from uh, Michigan state um, with Tom Izzo. So like he's Tom Izzo's best friend. And I just knew that I was in really good hands because um, he really wanted me to like, he really put out everything he could to get me in to come in and be one of his first players to uh, Cleveland State with him. Yeah. And uh, then on top of it, it was just close to home, which was really good. And I knew I was going to get to play right away. So it made the most sense for me to go somewhere where I knew I could like actually play because most times you can develop like we do today, like all the kids want to do skill development. But um, I think a lot of your development comes from making mistakes and playing in game. So um, I got an opportunity to play all four years, start all four years. And, uh, yeah. in that, that was the best decision for me. There you go. Yeah. And maybe not just playing, but maybe actually playing against someone who's bigger, faster, and stronger than you. Yeah. Like, God yeah. forbid someone does that nowadays, huh? Do I sound like a grumpy <laughs> high school coach or what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, going, th- going through that process, you seem like a pretty analytical guy. Like you're aware of what's happening around you and you're very bright. You can sense that. Do you take what you learned in that process and put that into your own recruiting process now? And what, oh, like, does that help? Do you feel like that makes you have a better understanding of what these young people are going through when you're sitting down and they're like, I want a full ride. And you're like, well, I got news for you, Mofo. We, we don't have a full ride. hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> you percent. Know? There's yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Like it just gives me perspective, right? Like some, some, there are guys that are coaches right now in our league that are, that might've played U sport um, once upon a time, maybe uh, like Brandon or where, wherever it may be. Yeah. But my experience myself is like, I'm going after a lot of these kids right now at Mac um, that want to go South. I feel like those guys that want to go South and end up playing home, are going to make your program a little better because they have a bigger goal in mind. Um, so I understand the shoes and the path that they're on. So I can actually really relate to them. Um, and also kind of tell them some of the pitfalls that come with, you know, just chasing South and, uh, probably even just like, you know, staying home. This this is actually a better solution for you. And trust me, I've done it. And if you had the opportunity, great, do it. But if you don't, then 
uh, here's what we're going to do with you at Mac, and it's going to be beneficial. And at the end of the day, you're going to get to the same goal, which is yeah. playing pro. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's been beneficial so far. Nice, and that's cool to hear, man. Like, I just, I mean, I was what 2001 was my last year, and it was kind of like play pro, you know, like mm-hmm. send tape. Now it's like guys start a U sport career in Canada, thinking in five years I'm going to get paid to play ball and i love that Crazy. i love that Crazy. It's, it's so cool it's, it's so dope thing. yeah yeah it's the best thing and and with the uh addition of the cbl as well it, like yeah man it gives guys that extra pep like man i want to make it on a cbl team and then that propels me over to europe so it's uh it's been uh it's so nice to see where basketball has gone in this country and it still has a long way to go but it's it's on a really good trend right now it's on For an sure. upward trend right now Still waiting for the DM CEBL. Hit me up, man. Let's get the CEBL yeah. podcast going too on the side. Yeah, they need one. Come they on, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, if you look at our, if, if you've had a chance to look at the roster of people we've talked to, you know, a ton of them are involved in it now. It's crazy, right? I had to look, man. I, I couldn't help but look. So you had some really big hitters on this, uh, on your podcast so far. I saw, an, I saw Nate on there, Nat Mitchell, uh, yes, Scott, my guy. I've seen a whole bunch of those guys on here. Yeah, man. Um, good peoples. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So one question before we sort of start to talk about pro and the coaching path, but what was the biggest thing or was there something that was a big change from high school here? And then those first few weeks on campus, um, competing at a, at a division one level, what was that like? Was it just more business? uh, Was the transition pretty easy for you? I mean, not many guys, like, like you say, really impressed with, you know, how you went about your decision, like, some guys would have gone for, you know, more minutes or touches or maybe play for a better program just for status. But you made a you made a choice for a whole bunch of reasons, you know, and and ended up being a starter. So talk about that transition to and a first year coach too. you know, you're with a guy yeah. who's starting a program, which, as you know, you were an intern assistant, ended up getting the job yeah. for the year. It was at Ryerson, right? So yeah, that's right. I watched you guys knock off UBC. Was not happy about that, but that's okay. It was a good game. It was a good game. <laughs> but just uh, yeah, what was the transition to to high level Division One hoops? And it seems like for you, it almost seems like all this happened in twelve to fourteen months. Like it went from, oh my god, like. Am I wrong in that? Like it was just was unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's it was crazy. the craziest thing. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. My my senior year was unbelievable. I would never even like. Some and how are you trying to explain to your two immigrant parents, like explaining to them the process and what's oh. happening? Like, just no idea, right? I had no. Dad's like, you're in the way of the TV. Move out the way. Yeah, uh, Cleveland State. Cool, cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had no clue. It was unbelievable. Like we had to lean a lot on our uh, on Wayne Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Um, and even still, like uh, some of the workouts I was going through before I got to school um, really helped me because I was working out with guys that were already in Division One programs like Denim Brown and uh, Andrew Carpenter and uh, some other guys, uh, Kevin Messiah. So like I was working out with some of these guys. Um, so I had an idea like, whoa, these guys are going super hard. Like they, yeah. they're, they're strong. So like for me, I was like, okay, I got to make sure I'm ready for it when I get to school. And I went for my first summer school session and uh, I'm grateful. I'm definitely grateful that I had a coach in Tony Sims that really kind of, you know, just kind of really prepared me and got me doing things outside my box before I got, before I went to school. Um, And once I got to school, it, it felt pretty seamless. Like I was a little nervous the first week, but the first day on campus, like it was funny. They uh, they brought us out for pizza. They brought all the rookies out for pizza. All the parents were there. They were dropping you guys off. And then it was just like, all right, man, you guys ready? We're going to go over to the gym, bring you guys on over. Da-da-da-da-da. Parents say goodbye. Da-da-da. Parents, all right, bye, bye, bye. And before you know it, we're in the gym running lines right away. Just like <laughs> lines for like an hour. And then you're going to go lift. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Like I was ready to call my parents and be like, what did I get myself into? But, you know, after a week or so, it kind of, it, it just got easier and easier. And I feel like you start to learn when you're over there because the guys are, the talent's just so different compared to what you have at home. Mm-hmm. So you either sink or you swim and you got to be able to fight and figure out how you're going to like, you know, come back another day and just reset and try again and try again. And a lot of guys, uh, sometimes they don't really make it. Like right now we're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of our younger guys uh, that are going south are coming home and 
they're not making it back over there. They're they're going to junior college and they're coming home to play youth sport. Or they're going Division One and they're bouncing from one school to the next and they're coming home to play youth mm-hmm. sport. And there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just like no. you just have to understand like it's not for the week when you go down there. You mentally got to have your stuff together, or you will be back home. So yeah, I was ready for it. Yeah, the talent's only going to take you so far, right? It's yes. you know you, you know once you cross, I and mean, we're getting better, like we touched on, but once you cross the border. This is like religion, man. Yeah. And these guys can play. So yes. that, and I think we do overlook. And I think in terms of sports and coaching and the mental side, we've come a long way in understanding that you can't just roll the balls out and play. Like, no. And when you hear these NBA guys talk now in press conferences and how intelligent they are. And, you know, like when you hear like LeBron or these guys reciting like plays from four years ago, you know, like these guys know the game and then they're yeah. also mentally tough. Right. And, and that's huge. So I, I agree. Um, do you think the young people, you said it's not a bad thing. I mean, we live and learn, but are people like maybe false advertising or do you think they're just not really sh- sure of the whole scope of it? And then they get down there and they're like, damn. And like you say, sink or swim comes. Yeah. I think they're not really, um, I don't think they really know exactly what to expect when they get down there. Some of these guys, like, look, when I was coming up, we didn't even have an opportunity to go to school in the States or go to prep school in the States. That wasn't Say even less. a wasn't a thing. Say less. Um, yeah. Nowadays, these kids are getting to go to prep school in Arizona, in Texas, in Missouri, in, on, mm-hmm. on the East Coast, in New Jersey, wherever you can find a prep school, you can go. But mm-hmm. the problem is there's so many prep schools popping up that a lot of it's watered down. Um, sure and you're is. not really going against the best of the best. So you're kind of like, it's like false. You're like, you don't really know what's going on until you realize like, whoa, I don't have a scholarship or I'm not getting an offer. Now I'm coming home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's, it's all fine, man. Like totally yeah. like some, it, some, it's a mixture of both. Like some of them are not ready. And some of them are like, whoa, this was false advertisement. But at the yeah. end of the day, you can still get to the same goal that you really want to. If you really want to play pro, um, you can come home, you can do that, get a really good education, whether it be at Mac or TMU or wherever it may be. Yeah. Um, and still get really good basketball to kind of prepare you to go, but you got to put in the work. We don't do the video on Hoops Journey yet, but for the folks at home and listening, he got really passionate talking there. His hands were going. So he means what he's saying. And I think it's true. I think you make a really good point. It's one of the things that the landscape in BC has changed a lot too, in terms of we've never had more clubs. We've never had more kids playing hoop, but like you're saying, it's the good and bad. It's the, you know, there's two sides of the card. Like we go down to like before you either made the provincial team. And then if you didn't, you just went to camps and you went to open gyms and you played at the rec center and outdoor. That was it. Now everyone has an option to play, but are we going down to San Antonio and playing in the bronze division four tier, you know, like, but do we get that chance to compete against the highest? So I hear you and it's, you know, it's still a work in progress. I think it's never a bad thing when we have more people hooping. Right. But like you say, what situation are you going down to and will it, will you be ready for it? And and are you, do you have the right people looking out for you? Do you have Roe and, and Dawkins looking out for you, helping you make the right choices or, is it a little bit of both, you know? So exactly. good, good reflection, man. Um, yeah. Okay. We start to finish up at, you know, playing division one, f- figuring out life, you know, we play a little bit of hoop. When, when do you start to see yourself as a coach? Um, and were you, were you, were you kind of like ahead, a step ahead as a player or is that something you, like, was it always something that was there for you? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's uh it's funny, man. The journey. This uh, we're talking about journeys on on, on a journey, but my you got journey like five has- chapters. <laughs> Seriously, like it's not it's not this fluid thing. It's like chapter one, yeah. Two, like if you it's just check in your story, yeah, it's cool, it's man. Unbelievable. So, like even in school when I was graduating, and I was a I was a good player. I thought I was a good player. Average like uh, a career average over my four years, seven point seven rebounds. So to me, that was pretty good. Um, It it got me an opportunity to go overseas and make some good money. Um, But, uh, you know, right before I graduated, we had a new coaching staff come in. So brand new coaching staff from a program in my senior year. They came in and a lot of guys scattered again um, because they're like, oh, ah, ah, I I don't want this. So everybody goes like this. And uh, for myself, I was like, nope. 
I'm going to stay and I'm going to fight and figure out how to get through this. Mm -hmm. And I essentially stayed and started and um, the team, the coaches wanted me to uh, stay another year, uh, like redshirt that year and stay another year because they thought they were going to be really good, which they were really good because once they got rid of myself and some other guys, um, they ended up going to um, the NCAA tournament two years, three years in a row. Um, but one of the once coaches, they got rid of myself, he said, yeah. <laughs> you know, they had to get rid of the fat, you know, they had to yeah. trim the fat. So uh, once I was gone, that's when they made the run. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but uh, one of the coaches on staff, actually, a couple of them were like, Pat, you should really think about getting into coaching. Like you, you know, like you, the way your mind works and how you kind of like lead the group. Uh, you would be really good at coaching. So I was like, ah, like, how about you do a grad assistant position for us next year and then get into coaching that way? We'll put we'll create a staff, a position for you on staff over two years. Um, and whatever. I'm just like, you know, I'm gonna go do what I said I want to do, which would be a pro, and mm -hmm. then maybe I'll think about playing uh coaching at some point in time. Never crossed my mind, but wow, in the back of my head, I always thought maybe one day a coach, maybe, maybe not. So I kept everything for my all four years, I kept all the papers that were handed out to me. Um, mm -hmm. from the coaches and I reflected back on it when I started at Ryerson like my my first year as a as an apprentice coach at Ryerson I kind of took some stuff out of a bin and kind of looked at it and brought it into coach Rana and was like hey man look we we should be trying to do this 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 and this and he's like all right let's do it and that kind of helped the program kind of go but yeah that's the story for me getting into coaching like that was it right there you should think that's about cool that's cool though I mean sometimes when we're young we there's things in us that we don't see right and right. I think it's cool that someone, and sometimes people don't, you know, they might think, oh, well, Pat, he'd be a good coach, but they don't actually have that conversation with you. Someone was actually yeah. like, yo, we'll yes. create a position. Like, yeah, like, huh. And without that conversation, who knows how it right. goes, right? Yeah. I, I will never forget it. That coach, I still talk to him to this day, Larry DeSempler. He's an AD in the Ohio high school uh, uh, district. So that's my guy right there. Amazing. Love it, man. I love to hear those things. And then, finish up hoop and then you start to coach like you know you get right into like a prep scenario you get down to Maine with our guy like crazy man like just sort of head down and go for it like talk about transitioning uh, from player to coach because there's not it doesn't look like there's a lot of time in between hanging up the laces and uh, becoming X's and O's is there no, not a, no, there's absolutely no time in between. It was kind of crazy to uh, starting to see a theme in in this <laughs> yeah. episode. <laughs> Things come at you uh, fast, people. If you're a basketball player out there in the Lower Mainland or uh, BC in general, and you're looking for somewhere to play, we have a proud sponsor, and that's PGC Hoops. You can find them at pgchoops.ca. And the thing that makes them unique and that we're proud to sponsor them and them be a sponsor of us is it's a true nonprofit basketball organization found in the east side of Vancouver. The mission is cost-effective elite basketball for all. Find the website, take a look, register your kids, register yourself, look for the programs. And if you have any questions, reach out to me and we can contact you with the right people. This is a good program for the right reasons. We appreciate you, PGC Basketball. It's funny because I was at home working out to try to go back overseas. And I was like, oh man, I need a gym to work out in now because it's about to be school time and there's gonna be school going on. And I ended up going to Eastern Commerce to go play to where Roy Rana was at at the time. Yeah. He's like, yeah, just come on down and, you know, just work out here or whatever, whatever. Um, and then literally September hits, boom, Roy gets the job at uh, uh, Ryerson. Um, and he's like, why don't you come down and work out at, at, at Ryerson, um, um, compete against my players, be a practice player and be an apprentice coach. I was like, mm, sure, why not? And you can wait to see if you get a job or if you want to continue on with the apprentice apprenticeship. So I did both. And um, uh, my friend, one of my teammate, actually my roommate rang me up and said, Come on down to uh, California if you want. I can pay you and be a head coach at this uh, Stone Ridge Prep. Did that for a year, came right back, went to Ryerson the next year. I think it was 2012 with Roy. And uh, I mean, it, it, it took me on the create. I'm here right now because of that. <laughs> Just unbelievable. And uh, it's now, did been you know cool. Coach Rana before that? Or did you yeah, guys? Yeah, I knew him you did. before okay. that. And this is like, this is probably more so like a, uh, 
uh, not necessarily a plug, but to anybody listening, uh, the relationships, they hold a great, great value in your life, man. They sure do. Uh, because the relationship that I had with Roy Rana um, as my provincial team coach for Team Ontario, um, and I probably didn't have to have a relationship with him and uh, John Smith, but I just kind of kept in touch with them just here and there. And before you know it, he gets the job at TMU, at Ryerson, now TMU. Um, I kept in touch with him a little bit here and there. And before you know it, he's like, you know what, why don't you come help me out? And I was like, sure, why not? And uh that led me to be the interim head coach at uh, at uh, at TMU one year, and it's it's I, I it opened up a relationship with Scott Morrison, who actually got me down to Maine. The relationship is so valuable, and like you just don't know what relationship's gonna like help you two years down the line or ten years down the line. It's unbelievable. I say it to my players every day, every single day. I talk to them about relationships, whether it's between themselves between them and their girlfriends, between them and a prof, between them and a random student that they're working in a project with in, in school, you just don't know where that relationship's going to take you. For those that listen, there's a lot of people that we have some pretty like regular followers. I bring this up so often on this show, man. Thank you. They don't have to hear <laughs> it from me anymore. I teach a leadership class. Oh, it's nice. like, if there was a drinking game for like every time Mitchell references leadership, you know, we'd have a lot of drunk people on the show, but <laughs> I tell the kids, I'm like, if there's one thing you take away from this class this year, that is leadership is about relationships. A hundred percent. No lies. I'm not making this up. This is what I tell them. Like I was like, and I, I said, I don't care if you learn one other thing this year, man, church on a Monday, let's go. Yeah. Tell me about it. And if you want to, and it doesn't matter, like if you want to grow and have opportunity, you got to be a good person. And like you say, you said, even said, it. I don't know why, but I'd kept in touch with them. So something yeah. in your mind's like, I see value in these people and they see value. We get along, da, da, da. And look at that, right? Springboards, it's you too. Unreal. Yeah. It's really wild, man. When you think about that, I mean, you mentioned going down to Maine, like it's really, really crazy, you know? It's uh. It's one of those things that you can't really like, you can't really put your finger on and you hear people saying it all the time, but mm -hmm. like you're either willing to try to see if you can kind of create or keep a relationship with somebody or not. And if you do, you just don't know where it's going to go, but you're just going to be a genuine person and just like, Hey man, just checking in on you. And sometimes you may not do it, but like, man, uh, so there's been so many relationships for myself that have kind of mm -hmm. really um, help me get to where I am today. And obviously it, they've had a piece in it, but like, uh, it's, I, if I didn't meet somebody or if I didn't know somebody, I wouldn't be ready for college basketball and Tony Sims. If yeah, I man. didn't meet or play for Roy and, and John Smith for on team Ontario probably wouldn't get into coaching at, at, at TMU. Like it's just wild to me. If I didn't meet, if I didn't meet Scott through Roy, at national team uh, through Lakehead, probably wouldn't be going to Maine. Like, it, this is how wild it is to me, at least. That's how it works, man. I was sitting in Brandon at like oh three or four, getting my education degree, thinking, "The hell am I going to do?" Right? I know <laughs> I want to be a teacher. Yeah. I know I want to coach. I know I think I'm. I loved Brandon. I loved my time there. I volunteered, coached there, but I knew I was done. Right? I was like, "I'll go work at Subway in Vancouver," you know. Yeah. And I get an email out of the blue from a guy who teaches at the school I'm at now. I'm in my 19th year. And he says, hey, I know so-and-so who's our secretary, the secretary of the school, who we've known since we were kids because I played soccer with her son. She's like, hey, Aaron Mitchell's looking for a job. You know, you should hire him. And next thing you know, I'm on like a phone conversation with the principal and VP. And they're like, they were going to have me teach English. Thank God they hired an English teacher. But... <laughs> and then, like you say, the rest is history. Like I've loved every single day working here and it's because of how you treat people and the connections you can make and good for you, man. That's awesome. I love it. Absolutely love it. How, how does it feel to be at Mac knowing the history? Um, you know, you got Steve mega and like just having that weight or just that feeling of knowing that there's some history with your program and, and how excited are you to just sort of continue to lead and, and build and do your thing. You're a young man, and I'm sure you're 
excited about the future going forward and continue to help um, build the Marauders. Yeah, I'd say uh, the Marauders, right? Yeah, Marauders. It's definitely a a blessing, and it's uh, it's pretty cool to come into Mac every day and and uh, uh, and work here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny because when I was at TMU, um, I always said I wasn't going to leave uh, TMU unless it was for York or McMaster, and oh. I left to go to Maine uh, for the Red Claws, and then by chance, this kind of just fell in my lap um, because of a relationship, and just like that, I get the job here and. Um, there's there's definitely some big shoes here, whether it's on the court or on the sidelines in uh, in um, Joe Razzo. Uh, there's yes, definitely here. There's championships here, so it's it's uh, and I'm a competitor. I as I, I used to play, so uh, for me, I just I just put my own pressure on myself to try to see if I can at least put a small dent into that shoe because um, mm-hmm. I definitely will not fill the shoe. Um, and if I do great, God willing, but so long as I can do something to put a, a little bit of a dent into the shoe, um, that, that'll bring me joy. So, um, Love this it. place is, this place is special. It's a, it's a historic university, a historic program. Um, and, um, shout out to, uh, CBL, uh, Joe Razzo for, you know, really putting this program on the map and, uh, making it as as iconic as it is really in Canada for U, uh, U-sport teams. Yeah, I reached out to Coach K about a month and a half ago because we had him on the podcast as well. Oh, nice, um, yeah. Yeah, legend. Um, finally got him on, you know, had him figure out Zoom. I'm not even sure he actually figured it out, but we found a way. <laughs> no lie, record the whole thing. Audio doesn't work. No way. And I'm like, this is not a young cat. This is not someone, you know, like his time is valuable. He's away out on the East. I'm like, no way. And he was like, no problem, Aaron. Just let me know when we can do. I was like, this is like, I love this Legend, man. man. Uh, yeah. He's the, he's the guy. He's the yeah. guy. So I texted him a couple months ago and I just said, Hey, like, you know, give me some names. Who are some people that, and so Joe Razzo came up and I was like, absolutely. Why wouldn't we? And he left me on red. So can you, if you see him, what can you, I'm sure there's, you know, I'm not taking it personal. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go back and I'm going to re-message him because I think he's worthy of, I, I really want him to be on here because I think it'd be super dope. But when you see him the next time, just be like, yo, it's okay. I can help you with the Zoom. We'll figure it out. Like, you know, I, I know you. he's a busy man, but he left me on red and he has the okay. message where it says red too. It's not even delivered. You know, that hurts a little bit more. I'm trying not to take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Aaron. Man's a legend, no that's, that's my. Uh, that's my. Uh, that'll be my own and one thing that I'm going to try my best to get done for you. Uh, maybe it could even be a father son. Um, the father son podcast. Yeah. I know Vic Vic is doing some really good things in basketball. Whether it's you know playing here at Mac, playing at Carleton. Uh, coaching the River Lions, you know, he just won a championship with his 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 high school kids that he's doing here in Hamilton. So he's always doing something I good. Uh, I love the fact that they're a basketball family. So I'll I'll do my best to see if I can get them in touch with you, my man. Yeah, we just had the Scrub family on, man, Tommy and oh, Phil, nice. and, dad. Tommy and that and was Phil. super fun. That was super fun, you know, with their dad too. It was really really cool, man. Those are some um, good kids, man. Those are good yeah. guys. Yeah. All right. Before we uh, have some fun questions, I'm going to throw a question at you, put you on the spot here. What's one goal for you this summer with the U19s? Metal. Straight up. Metal. That's it. Didn't even flinch. No, no, there's nothing else that I can think about. Um, I've been very fortunate for the U19 group. Um, I was on in 2021 with, uh, uh, you know, Caleb Houston, Ben Maturin, Omax Prosper, uh, Zach Eady. Uh, Ryan Nemhard, that team that ended up winning bronze, that's like our second medal in Canadian history at a world championship for juniors on the men's side. Um, um, and that was a bronze. And obviously, we all know that the gold medal was with RJ and Roy Rana. So um, I was an assistant for that team. And this year, I'm the head coach this time around. And two years later, or I think it's two and a half years later. Um, so, yeah, medal. I just want to follow in, like, you know, what's been set. The last three um, uh, U19 tournaments, we've we've medaled two out of three. And I want to keep the standard nice and high. And uh, the expectation to me is to medal. And I feel like that should be the expectation um, from Canada basketball as well. So, yeah, medal. Two things. One, ladies and gentlemen, 
he started answering. The body language changed. He smiled a lot. He's been laid back this episode. He leaned forward. The hands were clasped and the face got real serious. So I know he's not fronting on this one. Yeah, this is serious. Second point, as an outside fan, it's so nice to actually be able to have a conversation, to have a coach of Canada say, our goal is to medal and it actually be realistic. God, it feels good, man. It feels good. I know we have... We have bigger things to do and we've got to keep pushing as a, as a nation for our country hoop wise. But that wasn't even a conversation 10, 15 years ago, man. It was like, no, not even close. Can we get close to pulling out a W now? It's like, we've got the head coach of the U19 team stone face saying our goal is to medal. And I love it. Yeah. I'm glad you're there leading them, man. All right. Let's get some fun questions going and then you can go, uh, pack up and figure out, figure your life because you're on the road soon here. It's going to hit you in the face pretty quick. So, um, dead or alive, any artist, best seat in the house, what concert are you going to see? You can, you can take whoever it can be, could be a homie. Cause it's like a hype concert. It could be your partner because you know, you want it's your world, best seat in the house. Who are we going to see? I'm probably going to see, uh, oh my gosh, this is so hard. So, you can have a couple. It's it's your story. Uh, you can, yeah. I mean, if you I'll feel pressure, yeah. You know, yeah. I watch, uh, you know, Notorious B.I.G. Um, you know, Biggie Smalls. I think he he was done dirty, um, trying to do some stuff in the West Coast with Tupac, and just done dirty, man. Dirty, dirty, dirty. So, and I love his music. Absolutely love his music. Listen to his music to this day. Um, so definitely, he's on my list, and you know. Uh, before Mike went to a different kind of Mike, I'll probably say Mike Jackson um, because uh, he he has some hits. There's so many hits. And uh, I grew up listening to a whole bunch of Michael Jackson stuff. And obviously we got some just talk about Mike. But uh, yeah, he, he the, the Jackson 5, all that. Mike, Notorious B.I.G. are my top two for sure. 100%. What do you mean question it? Okay. Apparently... They're going to be doing a podcast and it's all based around uh, Life After Death album and how it was created, wow. developed. So all the stories behind all the songs and everything. Yeah, I'll send it to you when it comes wow. out. That, that'll that be dope. I want to hear that. That's nice. And, and don't feel bad about saying Mike, man. I, I know there's some sensitive stuff there. You yeah. are one of many on this show who have been like, can you imagine the show it would have been? The dancing, the singing, the fire. Like it would have been crazy. on crazy front to back. That would be a show, man. Like. And before, before we got Beyonce and before, you know, audio and techniques, like, and all this stuff was happening, like, this is like late eighties, nineties, like OG, he would have killed it. There's no yeah, way that wouldn't have been an unreal show. Oh, he was really good. The dancing, yeah, man. Woo, he was good. It would be crazy. Two solid selections. Well done. So we're off to a good start here. <laughs> <laughs> now you've touched on a lot of people in this. We talked about chapters in life. Um, is there anybody that you're missing in terms of some of the most important people in your life that have been sort of along the road with you? Uh, you know what, to be honest with you, Roy Rana has been a great, great, um, uh, mentor for myself. I mean, just watching him and how he gets it and, you know, um, he's, you know, when I got to Ryerson with him, um, I think our AD called him the Midas touch, uh, because everything he touched really essentially damn near turned to gold, right? Like he got like, I think four or five Ontario high school championships. Um, we turned the program around at Ryerson together. Then he goes off and he wins Canada's only gold medal, uh, at, at, for a national team. Boom. With the, with the U7, with the U19, uh, national team with RJ Barrett. Um, and now he's gone off to do some stuff with the NBA and, and in Japan, like, for me, he's been a really, really solid rock um, in terms of just like my development and how I transition from like player to coach and how I have to like essentially recruit and talk to kids and talk to parents and, you know, build a program. So uh, not to say that the program at Mac wasn't built, uh, but it needed some nurture. It needed to be nurtured a little bit and need to be developed a little bit and reorged a little bit and uh I think I learned a lot of that by watching Roy do what he did at at, uh, at Ryerson. So I'm very grateful for that. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, Love he's it. definitely a big piece. Whatever you're doing right now, listening at work, rolling in your whip, 
walk, going for a walk, whatever it is. Hang on for a sec. You like jerseys? You like stance socks? You like throwback? You like shoes? You like anything related to basketball? Hit up ATOB Ball. And if you're not able to be there in store at Langley Event Center, check them out on the web. And I guarantee you'll find something you like. Give us a mention and you'll never know. Shout out to our boy Jeff. ATOB Ball. For life. The importance of mentors too, man. No matter what you do in life. Mm. You know, I hear it a lot on podcasts when it's... Um, either current NBA players that are at the end of their career or guys that have just retired talking about just the lack of OGs nowadays, right? It's like we got NBA players are younger and younger, right? They're 18, 19, but there's no, the Udonis Haslam's of the world to mentor. They're just, they're gone, right? So now you've got 20 year olds making 32 year old decisions and it's like, it doesn't go well sometimes. So for you having those people that you can trust and and chat on that, I think Roy Rand is phenomenal. It was great to, you know, we had him on the show as well. So just get, get to know him a little bit better. And I think with that too, he can speak on the success, but also what comes with that too, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely. the haters, the eyes, the, like all of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you don't need to say a word, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Nice. Okay. How do you feel about ketchup on macaroni? Oh my gosh, the best thing ever. Come on, man. <laughs> things were things were going so well this morning. I can't even lie to you. Like, um, and this is probably just because um uh again, I grew up in like a not so great uh neighborhood. So like for me, like uh we we ate craft macaroni and cheese in the blue box for yes, so long. <laughs> Um, to the point where it's like you start to experiment different things. Like you're experimenting tuna and macaroni and cheese. You're experimenting hot dogs and macaroni and cheese. You should experiment so many things that like you found that right mix of like um, hot dogs and macaroni and cheese all mixed in together. And then you put a little bit of that ketchup on there. Ooh, perfect. So I used to eat it and I, I don't eat it anymore. Like I don't even touch macaroni and cheese like that anymore. Yeah. But uh, uh, the kids have Annie's now. They don't really have yeah. crap. <laughs> my guy likes my guy likes the orange box. Yes, yeah, the little exactly. shells, yeah, exactly. You're a sick human being, though, just for the <laughs> record, okay? <laughs> but you went all emotional on me, man. Like I, you know, I lived in a rough neighborhood, and you know, like, well, how am I supposed to freaking make fun of you for that? You know, <laughs> I feel you, though. I feel you. I feel you. Fair enough. Um, you're getting ready to go on your trip here with the 19s, and you're like. I got to get a bag of chips in me before I get out of here. What's the greatest bag of chips? Like you're, what are, what are, you, what are we going to here? There's no, there's really only two for me. Okay. Uh, ketchup chips by Lay's. Uh, now, now, nowadays, what's it called? The, uh, the other bag, they're starting to make some ketchup chips, but they're the spicy ketchup chips. Those are Miss Vicky's. Miss Vicky's. Those are, those are bad. Those are not bad. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I really do love a, I always a classic, all dressed by Ruffles, uh, the waved, the waved ones. No uh, brainer. No brainer. Dressed, I, I, I like all dressed and ketchup. Those are my front two runners for any kind of chips. I'm not, a, I'm not a big, like crunchy, salty kind of guy. I'm really into like yeah. decadent, like really upscale, chocolatey, caramel kind of like, you know, desserts. But uh, there's always a bag of chips in our house because my wife loves salty, crunchy. So love it. This man said upscale decadent. Wow. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Nah, you can't go wrong with, I mean, Ruffles all dressed and ketchup are both top three for me too. So yeah, I feel you. All right. If you had a choice, would it be books or movies? Oh, movies for sure. I'm, okay, a, what's I'm a, a movie guy. Yeah. Okay. So is there an all time, a couple all timers for you? Um, or if you watch something recently that stuck with you? Uh, Give the people watched, something to check out. I haven't watched anything recently, to be honest. Like the most recent movie that I watched, and this is probably really bad on myself, is that I watched the Avengers. Like I yeah. tried to like actually sit down and watch like all the the Marvel stuff, yeah. right? So yeah, I, I never ever used to be into like Marvel uh, movies. But they're actually they're really so well done. Good. Yeah, they're really I cool. I never ever thought about watching them, but like I watched, went on and watched like, you know, um, 
uh, Iron Man because my son's into Iron Man right now. So I'm like, oh, you know, buddy, there's Iron Man on like Disney Plus. And so we watched one, two and three. He fell asleep on a couple of them. But I was like, whoa, this is pretty good. Um, Batman. Batman is really, really, really. That's a classic, man. Those are classic movies. Batman was really good. I love it. I was going to say, like, you probably don't get a chance to watch much because it's you would I'll watch, I don't know, what did oh. we watch this weekend? Like freaking some horrible kid movie. I'm like, oh my God. But I'm Friday is our movie night. I'm gonna I'm gonna push Iron Man. I'm gonna push yeah, Iron, Iron Man. Man is so Loki, good. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's one. well it done. Really good. Yeah, it was really nice. I was I was really impressed. I forget the name of the uh the main um actor. He has the black yeah. hair, but they, yeah. it was really nicely done. I think too is like um I get out of touch with movies unless it's a kid one because like when I watch TV, I don't really see any commercials anymore. You know what I mean? Like I'm streaming things. So it's like, you know, and, and so like, the, it, like it's crazy, right? I don't know what you experienced this with your kid. Like the first time we went on a road trip and he's watching TV in the hotel and a commercial came on, he like lost his mind. He's like, what's this? How come the show's not on? I'm like, it's called a commercial, man. You you just get to go episode. you like, you're so spoiled, man. What the heck? <laughs> you know <laughs> that is so true though that's so funny I'm, all i get is hit the middle button hit the middle button uh because our remote has a little middle button that hits okay um and uh where the kids watch some youtube but youtube always kind of chimes in with like a five second commercial like yeah. hit the middle button, hit the middle button and i'm yeah. like oh, relax so <laughs> all right uh, i love it um you and four of the dudes going to the blacktop gonna you know, you're going to go for a run back. Okay. This is like in your prime, yeah. but it's blacktop. So no refs call your own different brand of basketball. You know, where we either playing to like 21 threes and twos or 11, whatever, what you got. Who am I bringing with me? Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, uh, for, uh, I'm definitely taking LeBron. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm definitely taking Mike. I would 100% love to play against Shaq. So where are you? Like, where are you in this roster? Are you the three? Are you a stretch? What are you? What? I'm, uh, since I'm the shortest one, I'll play, I'll probably play like the, the two guard. I'll play okay. the two guard for now. Okay. Um, the PG though, yep. I'm definitely taking Allen Iverson. Yes, sir. AI is one of my guys. I know he's probably a scoring guard, but for this, for this, I'm saying about it. Uh, I'm definitely taking him. So and Shaq, AI, did you say? Shaq, I said AI, Shaq, uh, Mike, and um LeBron. I don't know if we're gonna, I don't know if you're ever gonna suffer a loss. You better be ready. You'd be hydrated. <laughs> how about how how good was Prime Shaq though? Oh my gosh, he was unstoppable. Unstoppable like, to the point where people were like, hack a Shaq, get him off the floor in the last two minutes. He was unstoppable, man. There is, there will never be a guy like that for a long, long time. Unbelievable. I, re- I can't remember who I was listening to last week. That's gonna annoy me. But they were talking about how franchises literally drafted to guard Shaq. So like you, they they stopped taking the maybe even a, someone who was better, and they had like a six eleven, seven foot white dude who could have six fouls you know like they had three yes. dudes that would have to guard Shaq because you just rotate yes. in and they're like yes. there's never been a player like that where people have actually drafted based on guarding another guy like he was unreal unbelievable man it's this yeah. guy was oh scary yeah man um all right this has been phenomenal thank you for being with us we got one last question now coach Razzo you're gonna connect with us right but still, yeah. is there anybody else that you'd like to see on a hoops journey? Only problem, it's on you to be the plug. You're the connect. So don't be throwing some name out there. Like, don't say Jay-Z unless you got Jay-Z on iMessage and you can let them know. I mean, if you have Jay-Z, I'm sure he'd be happy to be on a hoops journey. But who you got? Who's got a good story for us? I got a couple. You know what? There's one guy, actually. You know what? There's only one Canadian guy that's the head coach right now, currently in the NCAA. That's from Ontario here. His name is Chris Krause. Okay. He's coaching at Stonehill. I think his journey has been pretty neat because he's the only Canadian coach right now, currently in the NCAA. Um, and Stonehill is a really neat 
uh, neat setup. Uh, I actually was just talking to him on the phone the other day. He wants to come back and do some stuff with Canada basketball, but it's always hard to get in. But um, he's a nice guy. That's one. Um, obviously, one of my friends, my good friends, Jamie McNeely, who's who's uh, who's kind of gone on and done some stuff with Buzz Williams and is now doing stuff with Jamie Dixon at TCU, um, has gone from Virginia, or I, I should say Marquette, to Virginia Tech, to uh, Texas A&M, to now TCU, um, and is a budding star in NCAA. I think those, those two guys are really needed. If I was going to state someone here in Canada, uh, then I would probably say... Uh, you know, my uh, actually, he's he's on staff with me for our U19 team, Justin Ceres. Um, He's a really neat story because here's a guy who came from France, went to Laurentian. I don't know how he ended up in Laurentian um, <laughs> and uh, graduated from Laurentian, uh, played for Coach Swords. I think also Swords is a really good one if you haven't had. Uh, We've had him on. Oh, nice. See, that's OG. That's like OG right that's there. Real, yeah. real, real OG. His daughters um, are killers, hey? Pardon? Oh are, my, my gosh. <laughs> he was like all humble. I was like, hey, your daughters. And he's like, yeah, you know. And then I'm like reading about them. I'm like, say goodnight. Those girls are killers. Like, wow. Um, yeah. So Justin played for Sean and then went cool. on to coach at uh, Ottawa with uh, Jimmy DeRuin and now has his own program at Laurier and he's now kind of a Canadian citizen and coach with our national team. So he's been, he's been really neat too. So yeah. Nice. Scott's and obviously, I can get you my sister. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we uh, we've had lots of really dope female ballers, and we need more. So, hundred percent. Because and you, you, she'll do it because you were really nice at the start. So yeah, that's good. smart, yeah. Boy, looking out, point guard, point guard in a in a wing body. I like it. Um, yeah. Scott's been on me to get Jamie McNeely as well. He's been oh on nice, me, yeah. yeah. Jamie's a good one. Like, Jamie's yeah, a good one. so he said, dope man. Well, listen, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Um, I know you feel like it took a long time, but you were actually very efficient. Um, but I am glad that we got to do this before, you know, after you got named the coach and then before you take off, because I think you're in a going to have a great summer and, and an interesting one and you'll learn a lot. So maybe in a few years, we'll need to do part two. But it's been a pleasure, man. Um, when you find your fight, you're, you know, yourself out west um, and you and the Mac boys need a gym or something. Let me know. Um, absolutely success and um any last thoughts or reflections before we let you go man oh no, uh no i just uh i want to say thank you for having me on it's been really cool it's been neat i'm gonna go try to uh get some stuff done here today <laughs> and uh i'm just looking forward to my summer to be honest with you i think uh win lose or draw some something good's gonna happen uh this summer whether we win and continue on getting another medal for Canada or we lose and we got to re-figure out how do we get the younger generation to even be a little bit more better. But uh, regardless, uh, uh, I'm just grateful to be able to share my story. Um, and um, uh, hopefully it touched somebody today that, you know, how, how important relationships really are because they, they do, they really honestly do go a long way, whether you believe it or not. Mm -hmm. um, and you won't know it until you actually kind of see it down the line. So thank you aaron you're welcome you never know ladies and gentlemen you might be the person in the gym and that kid sitting there collecting tickets and stamping hands and you might be the one who says come on over and, and join us and you never know what that can do for someone's life great story great episode we appreciate you continued success keep in touch and to our listeners we'll see you on the next one